So I think all in all, it's going to be a win-win. Like you said, yes, it's it's different. The kids aren't going to go to the dairy farm and smell it. <laughs> They're not going to be able to get off those, that school bus and have the smell of the dairy cows mm-hmm. um, or the hog farm. Agdemy, the podcast dedicated to improving ag literacy around the globe. I'm your host, Brennan Black, and in today's episode, we're talking about the importance of bringing ag education to a virtual platform. And today, to help me with that topic, we have Carissa Chapman of the International Agri Center of the Ag Ventures Department, and she's going to give herself a little introduction. Go ahead, Carissa. Hi, Brendan. Thank you for inviting me to your podcast today. Like Brendan said, I'm Carissa Chapman with the International Agri Center. Um, I am the Ag Education Manager. We host and facilitate the Ag Ventures Learning Center and Ag Museum, as well as several ag education events throughout the year, um, which also includes World Ag Expo and our California Antique Farm Equipment Show. Awesome. So before we get into the, the main topic, would you mind kind of talking about some of the, uh, you know, the programs or the responsibilities or kind of some of the things you do as far as ag education goes? Yes. So for ag education, as the Ag Ventures Learning Center and Ag Museum, we provide school tours for children of all ages to come and learn about agriculture through the hands-on and interactive exhibits that we have inside the Learning Center. Um, as well as our Ag Museum, which is an antique tractor museum that hosts tractors um, from over 100 years ago, more to your current tractors, farm equipment, to learn about the history of agriculture. In addition to the Learning Center Museum, we also have five ag education events that we host host throughout the year. Um, On a typical year, we're going to have our Ag Ventures Day, which is uh, where we bring fourth grade students from our local schools to come and learn about agriculture. We have our annual Ag Safety Day, which we bring third grade students to come from our rural schools and our surrounding area to learn about safety on and off the farm. We have an Ag Career Exploration where we invite high school and college students to learn about the various careers in agriculture. We also have an Agribee where we invite fifth grade students to learn various words. It's, it's very similar to a spelling bee, but the students have to spell and define the words, which incorporates the agriculture component to it. Um, and I feel like I'm missing one, but I think those are the five events that we host throughout the year. Awesome. Well, if you think of another one, you can always <laughs> pipe in at any point and bring it up. But um, so kind of based off of that with everything going on in the world right now, clearly a lot of those aren't as likely to happen perhaps, you know, within the next few months to, to the next year or so. So we've, you know, had to adapt, you know, everyone, you know, the school systems, and all uh, everyone in education has had to adapt to a different standard of learning. Would you mind kind of talking about how you made that transition? Yes. So um, once COVID-19 hit the pandemic back in March, um, as a learning center for school tours, that's a really busy season for school tour for field trips, and all of our school tours canceled. So after um, the school year, as it, as COVID continued and extended, and schools didn't resume, um, I came in May and thought we need to do something because if this continues, what are we going to do in the school year of 2021? So with that, we are fortunate we have an Ag Ventures on the Go mobile van. And we decided to take that out and start talking to people in the ag industry 
as their jobs are essential, so they weren't working from home, they continued to work in their offices on the fields, and we were able to reach out to them and start sharing their story. It started off as a food chain process, but as we got out there and started talking to more farmers and more people in the industry, we kind of switched gears and just started talking about anybody in the ag industry and knowing that there's a multitude of careers in agriculture, a multitude of different aspects of agriculture that we wanted to continue to tell their story and get the word out as um, schools are starting to do online and virtual learning and things like that. Field trips, as we know, for 2021 will not be the same if, if they can do them at all. So at least this is another opportunity to provide to our teachers to continue the ag education. It is so important, it's vital to continue ag education because kids need to know where their food and their fiber is coming from. And I didn't want to just take the year off and say, okay, they're not going to come to us. Let's just freeze for the year and, and wait for them to come back. We needed to continue that ag education and the importance of it. Yeah, definitely. And I've actually mentioned in, in a couple of my old, old episodes, I mean, long before the pandemic hit, I mean, probably last year, maybe even around like World Ag Expo time when I first started the podcast that I, I was always interested in the idea of a virtual component to an agricultural classroom and like what that might look like. And everyone I talked to is like, you can't, you can't put ag online. Like ag is, 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 you know, getting your hands dirty and working with the animals and seeing the crops in person. Like you can never replicate that into a virtual space. It's just not possible. Well, we're seeing it is possible. Maybe it's not quite as interactive as it would be for the physical classroom to, you know, to be replicated perfectly. But it's something that, like you said, you know, it's, it's vital that, that these kids are getting the information somehow. And, and if they're online anyways, and, you know, that we just got to kind of follow the trend, I guess. So in, in doing this project, do you, you know, have you seen that the, and I know that, you know, none of the videos have gone to the public just yet, but have you seen just, you know, by talking to people about it, have you seen a lot of positive feedback to the, the project that you've been working on? Absolutely. People um, in the industry have started to reach out to us, and as we're reaching out to more people and we're, we're getting the word out, um, we do share the pictures on social media. So just getting that word out, and then I think just people in the industry sharing with other people, oh yeah, they came to us and they visited with us. It's getting the word out, and now we're actually getting stopped on the streets of people saying, oh, I saw your van out front you know, you should come to our facility. We, we would love to be a part of your program. So we're definitely getting the word out that way. And now that I've been reaching out to more people, when they respond to me, they're like, oh yeah, I follow you on social media. I love what you're doing. So the people in the industry are loving it. The teachers that are following us on social media are excited to see what we have for this new program. So I think all in all, it's going to be a win-win. Like you said, yes, it's it's different. The kids aren't going to go to the dairy farm and smell it. They're not going to be able to get off this, that school bus and have the smell of the dairy cows mm -hmm. um, or the hog farm. But this is the next best thing. Mm -hmm. So as long if if it's not the, the best thing we can provide, it's the next best thing that we can provide for them. And we're able to ask the questions of the farmers that hopefully the teachers and the students are wanting to know and wanting to, to learn from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely think that it's, it's something that, I mean, everyone is adjusting to 
things going on right now. So like, you know, like you said, the farmers never stop, but the, the teachers who are teaching about the farmers, I mean, they have something to do. And I think that this is, like you said, probably the, the next best alternative that we're probably going to have for a while. I mm-hmm. mean, until we develop new technology to kind of bring that interaction in. And even then it's just like, it's unimaginable what we'll be, we'll be able to replicate, you know, for that way. Like, you can't replicate the smell of a dairy. Exactly. I'm not sure you'd want to. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, no, so I think that it's a, it's a good it's a good thing that we're able to find any kind of medium we can to bring that information to the kids. I also f- I f- I found it really interesting. So I don't think I've mentioned this yet, but I've helped out with this project, a, I'd say, a decent amount. And <laughs> From the beginning. <laughs> And one of the things that I've noticed a lot of is that you have a lot of farmers that are way more willing to share their story than we initially thought they were going to be. Most definitely. Um, You know, when we first started this out, we reached out to a few of the farmers that we knew. And to my surprise, they were excited Hmm. to say, yes, absolutely. Come on. We'd love to share our story. We want students to learn about agriculture. They know the importance of having the education, the ag education in the classrooms. And they know that with this pandemic, they're not going to allow, even before this pandemic, they probably weren't going to allow a class of 30 to come onto their dairy farm or to their hog farm, or, or maybe they were, but it just wasn't always going to be feasible. Mm-hmm. At least now we're being able to provide that, that um, opportunity for them on a virtual experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. So going into more of the videos themselves, the virtual experience, as, as you called it, what kinds of, of questions, what kind of information are you looking for for these kids to kind of interact with? Well, we're, we're very casual in the way of we want, when we go to these farmers or anybody in the ag industry, really, we want them to feel just as comfortable as they would, and we don't want them to feel like, you know, we've got a flashing light in front of their face and a big old... Um, microphone. So we've been very casual with our uh, approach and just asking them to have an introduction and then telling them about themselves. And then from there, we continue on with the questions. What I find the most common denominator with all of the people in the agriculture industry, they have three things in common. They have passion, they have love for the industry, and they have knowledge of the industry. Um, But what we also have noticed is agriculture has so many various aspects of agriculture that it's very hard for one person to know everything about agriculture. So by by able to go in and talk to the various different types of farmers, and I, I say farmers, but really we've talked to various people of all types of the industry and agriculture, not just the farmers. We've gone to the processing plants. We've gone to the, the office managers. We've gone to people in um, the, the different fields to, to talk about the various types and um, w- what everybody says I think is the misconceptions mm-hmm. how has COVID affected them um, and then just some of the takeaways that they want people to get knowing more about the agriculture industry mm. yeah I, de- I definitely as I've you know I, I was telling you I've, I've been having a lot of conversations with you know less of the agricultural uh, community more of like the your average consumer types and in every conversation I've had they say okay so you're an expert on this right I'm like no <laughs> that's 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 you know that's another misconception of agriculture is that one farmer knows everything about all agriculture exactly. and it's, it's not possible no so that's something that we've definitely learned you know being out there talking to the people we've learned a lot of things about the industries that we had no idea about exactly the farmer is going to be the expert on the crops that they grow mm-hmm. 
they're not going to be California alone grows over 350 crops so for one farmer to know over 350 crops when really they're only probably going to grow three to five crops on their fields is impossible to, for them to know all the other 345 crops right um, when they're going to want to focus in on what they're growing obviously mm-hmm. yeah and and you know you you hit the nail on the head basically if, if they were to focus on all those other crops they probably wouldn't be able to grow their own crops quite as well you exactly know? The, like it's you know it's like you go to college to study one thing but if you study all these other things as much as you study that one thing then you probably don't deserve a gr- degree in that one thing if you don't know as much about it as you could have if you exactly were if you're gonna it. go to school to be an accountant you're not gonna learn about the science as much as you're gonna focus on the accounting side of things right Agriculture is the same. You're going to focus on what it is that you're going to specialize in and what your livelihood is going to be based on. Right. No, exactly. And I found it really interesting that a lot of farmers are not only, you know, very vocal about that, but they're also vocal about vocal about the fact that they're willing to learn more about other industries, but they also really want people to know that, you know, just because something is happening in their industry doesn't apply to all industries. Like we've talked to farmers that have shared their story and they say, oh yeah, this is a big issue on our side of things. But even the processor that goes, you know, that this product goes to, they don't even face the same kinds of, of things that we face kind of thing. Exactly. And so like we've even seen like, you know, with talking to some of, which kind of know some of the younger generation kind of guys are getting more into like the social media vocalization, mm-hmm. you know, and like, like we had Tyler on the podcast, Tyler was very vocal about, you know, his social media presence and his interaction with with consumers and stuff and a lot of them are very yeah like i said vocal about about the idea of like yeah you know for uh, tyler's sake the dairy industry faces a lot of issues i can't tell you about the pork industry because i don't know about the pork industry but i'll tell you as much as i know about the dairy industry exactly that's like a big you know that's a big thing because you know you have consumers asking a bunch of questions to like they'll ask a a corn grower about about cows and he can't answer about cows so they assume that he doesn't want to say anything and it just it causes like this this fear of something that doesn't exist kind of thing exactly and again that's the misconceptions and even talking back with tyler you know we might have asked him a question that went a little bit more farther after his dairy after the process of once the milk leaves the dairy plant well he knows it goes to the processing plant but if we were to ask him a question about the processing plant he's really not going to want to touch base on it because he just doesn't want to provide false information Mm -hmm. you're going to want to provide all the facts they don't want to provide you with wrong information and you know, just to get by and hope that they're giving you the right information, they're going to know exactly what goes on on their dairy. But once it goes from there, they may not know the exact the exact process. They're going to know the basics. Hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think that that's a big part of why a lot of farmers, so I, I've been having the conversation with people about why farmers aren't as active in media, and Tyler and I talked about it quite a bit too, and we think it's because they don't want to be asked questions that they can't answer kind of thing out of, out of fear of misconception. Exactly. Because I think people just put agriculture as just this one big umbrella, mm-hmm. and you know everything about it because right. it's under one blanket umbrella. Right. But there's so many different subs of that one that people can have have no idea right no exactly and and that's why i personally i you know my my views are not reflective of everyone in in the communication or agricultural industry's views but basically i think that people who have the social media presence or who have the information or who have the knowledge are 
somewhat more responsible for having the day-to-day conversations with consumers and making sure that they know, hey, you know, just because you ask that guy about his cows and then you ask him about corn doesn't mean he's hiding anything about his corn. He just knows more about his cows. Like exactly, it, it's, it's and, and and you know, I hate to reference Tyler the entire episode, but he <laughs> he had a good point on it too, and and his point was that you know. Having, having as much information as possible is a good thing as long as you're presenting it in the right ways. And, and so having the conversations with consumers is a good thing as long as they're taking the right information from you. And so that's why I kind of like focus on, you know, at least with my podcast, and I don't know if the videos, if you're intending on using the videos for this kind of purpose, but using them to show the public that there's a lot of sides to agriculture that not everyone can address all of them at once. Most definitely. We were focusing on our videos to be for the teachers and the students as they're going into this online learning, but obviously we would definitely want to still have it out there for the public as well. International Agri Center, our mission statement is to educate the world about agriculture. So that doesn't just stop at the teacher or the classroom. Um, it's the world. So we want to continue to educate the public about mm-hmm. agriculture as well. Hmm. Sounds similar to my, my podcast mission statement, which is uh, increase ag literacy around the globe. See, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. So with these videos, you said that you know you, you eventually plan on having them available to the public. So w- would you kind of talk about the process of, of how you get you know the farmer to share some of some of the, the their story that they're comfortable with having the, the public hear about it? So like I said, we've kind of just reached out to the farmers and let them know what we're doing. We've, um, we, by taking ag ventures on the road and farmers have, haven't really been reluctant to tell us their story. Like I said, they want to share it. They want people to know their story and we're, they're allowing us to provide that platform to continue to share it, um, through our website and our social media, Mm. um, sites. So by that, we are able to go in and talk to the farmers and what we've, learned with the farmers is it's a lot it's family it's generational and it's like I said the love and the passion and without that I don't think people think I think people think sometimes that it's an easy job Um, the stereotype is 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 a as an older farmer in in overalls (laughs) with straw coming out of his mouth I don't know and that is completely a false stereotype of these men and women are extremely educated. Mm. It may not be a college degree, but it's the hard knocks life of education. <laughs> and they have, um, a lot of them of generation have inherited the land that they work on, but they work long hours, hard hours, and day in and day out. And they put blood, sweat, and tears into their operations of it's not just a Monday to Friday eight to five job, and they go when they go home at night, they can clock out and leave. Hmm. It's two in the morning, something happens, and they're at their farm. Hmm. So I think to be able to share that story and let people know that these farmers put put so much time and effort into their jobs, that yeah, maybe they have some high rewards, but it's because they didn't just clock out and leave um, leave the job site. Yeah, no, exactly. I, I completely agree. And I think that one of the really interesting things about what this project kind of captures and something that we, that we talked about before is something that I kind of prioritize on every form of media that I 
I am present on is that the idea that you know the farmers are people too kind of thing by by bringing that personality and that relatability that you know humanism to them it, it makes the content at least you know from my observations more you know understandable from the consumer point of view because they see oh like this guy's got a family he cares about his community he's you know he's very you know like what like whatever the case is these farmers like you said they're very generational they have like you know their their son and grandson with them most of the time when we do the interviews and you know they'll they'll tell us like oh yeah this farm's been here for for 40 years and you know my grandpa bought it and he gave it to me whenever he moved and like you know all this kind of stuff having that personality in there is i think a big a big key missing from the conversation that we've been having lately absolutely like you said the human to put that humanization i guess to the farmer i think so many people think of agriculture and we've even heard it a couple times as this factory mm-hmm. type agriculture there is no such thing as factory agriculture at least not here in the central valley where you're going to see it mm-hmm. and i don't know anybody that can say that there's a factory av- um, agriculture these people are they're human they're they're down to earth they're willing to allow us to come onto their farms and just take an hour of their time to share their story mm-hmm. because they want the public to know their story i mean why else would they allow us to come onto their their farm and talk to us is just they know the importance of continuing the education they know that a child of any age needs to know that that milk didn't just magically appear at the grocery store it came from somewhere that orange or that that fruit at the produce stand didn't just show up there it came from a tree it came from an orchard it came from somewhere and it could have came right in your backyard in the locally just a you know maybe a few minutes away Hmm. Um, but they want to share that story and let people know yeah no definitely i completely agree so kind of changing gears a little bit towards your more of your program. Uh, so you, you mentioned that you uh, host a program that teaches kids of a fairly wide age range, I would say. Like you said, like, you know, third to fourth graders is, is kind of where you start, but you also have programs for high school and college mm-hmm. students, and you have programs for, you know, all kinds of different age ranges. So how do you go about, because obviously we have 4-H and FFA as, as youth leadership, youth ed- agricultural programs to help educate these kids, but those are mostly implemented in the schools. So how do you go about recruiting kids into your program? So uh, for our Adventures Learning Center Museum, we are fortunate we partner with um, our local school district and we bring all of the second graders from our local school district. And then with that, our rural schools come and visit us as well. So typically in the Learning Center Museum, we see a lot of second, sometimes first or third grade students, but typically a lot of second graders come. And they're the ones that do the field trips in the Learning Center Museum. From there, we take that second grade and we want to continue on the ag education platform. So then that's when we have the ag education safety days um, with our third grade students. And we pick the rural schools in our surrounding areas for that event because we want students that live on the farm to learn about safety. So if there happens to be a tractor accident or an ATV, something that they know the importance of wearing their helmet or you know, two people shouldn't be riding on a tractor if there's not two seat belts, things like that. So we want to reach those students. So that's why we reach to the third grade students on that event when it's still early enough for them to learn about safety. 
Um, and then the Ag Ventures Day event that we host here is for fourth grade. And that originally started with the idea of fourth grade because that is the intro age into 4-H. So we wanted to bring able to, to bring that event um, with the idea of introducing them to some 4-H programs. And that's why we started with fourth grade on that event. And then we just kind of worked our way up. So then we have the Agri-B, which is for fifth grade students. And that was an event that's actually held in Butte County Farm Bureau. And they've been doing it for 10 plus years. And I was able to um, kind of just copy from them, work with them. Um, they were generously able to share their information with us. And we were able to to start it here in Tulare County. And that event's only been going on for two years, so it's growing. We're looking for fifth graders. Um, we're looking to recruit for more schools. So that one's a very small group of students that we work with, and we are always looking to recruit for that one. And then, like you said, we have a, a youth leadership program as well as we have our ag career event, and really just promoting to our local schools um, up and down California for the Ag Career event, we have, we really do promote to a large group of students for our Ag Career Expo event because we do want students in junior and junior and high school and college to learn about the careers in agriculture. So we don't necessarily focus on our FFA students for that event because we kind of feel like they might already know all the careers. <laughs> yeah. um, preaching to the choir, so we actually try to get students that aren't in FFA to come to that event. Hmm, gotcha. Well, it definitely sounds like you have a fairly wide range of, <laughs> of, of kids that come to your events. Um, are you looking to, which I know this is kind of, of what you call it, kind of just looking out into the future, especially with how uncertain things are right now, but are you looking to expand your program to maybe like, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth graders, or kind of like, are you looking to bring in new uh, programs or projects that will kind of help out with uh, like maybe, you know, giving, like giving the fifth graders more due than just the agri or, you know, those, those types of things? So um, we are looking to possibly partner with another organization, local organization, that does an introduction to ag with, their, with our local junior high students, that partnering with junior high as well as with high school students where the high school students would go into the classroom and help um, educate the junior high students and we would be able to help part by partnering with this organization mm. we would be able to um, help facilitate and um, be more of a partnership with that and then I think that would be another way that we're getting involved with the seventh and eighth graders in junior high as well as the FFA students that are already involved in this program and what's neat about this is we take a core group of FFA students that are in our local high school that have um an interest in ag education so that's that's something obviously that I am passionate about because it's the students that are wanting to go into ag education and learn teach more about agriculture and to the younger students and that's what we do here so it seems like a perfect fit to to be able to grow our programs and partner with this organization yeah definitely I mean I've started to emphasize more and more as my episodes go on the idea of teaching agriculture outside the classroom kind of mm -hmm. thing how, how you know that's not something that a lot of at least not at high school I went to that wasn't something that was really taught a lot is it you know there's there's other outlets of teaching people outside of just being a teacher kind of thing so it, I think it's cool that, that you have those options for you know high school students or, or for you know for younger uh, kids that are able to go into and, and learn how to 
you know, teach others about agriculture or maybe just learn about more about agriculture themselves or learn about leadership development kind of things in, the, in a setting outside of just the FFA and the 4-H groups. Most definitely. And I think that's what's really unique about my job that I'm so fortunate about is I can teach ag education but not necessarily be in the classroom to mm-hmm. do it. So I get to kind of be outside that box and do it in a different way than what a normal ag teacher would do yeah no it definitely is it's a different it's it's different from day to day it seems like it it definitely (laughs) is a different i i my days definitely do not blend and they do not all look the same Hmm. which is what's really nice about my job because prior to the pandemic i was there was days that i was going to deal with some second graders for two to three hours every day um and then go work in my office in the afternoons and um, so I got to see a little bit of both. Um, so that w- made my job unique. And, and what's nice also about my job is I don't necessarily have to stay in my office 8 to 5 <laughs> either. I could go and visit a farm or a different facil- a processing plant or things like that too. Mm. So we've kind of speculated that over the next year or so you're probably going to be less likely to have some of those tours and, and programs available that you've had before. That's why we're doing the whole video thing. So after everything kind of just quote-unquote goes back to normal, do you see your programs changing as a result of both the pandemic and the the project you've been working on? Are you going to try to incorporate more of the video kind of stuff into your programs? How do you see this affecting your future? Definitely. I think um, I I see I I really enjoy getting out and being able to talk to people. And what I found um, interesting is hardly anybody that we've gone out and talked to really knows a lot about Ag Ventures Learning Center, or they know about the Ag Center, they know about World Leg Expo, obviously, but they don't know about what else we do. So just continuing to recruit and um, advocate for what we do here, um, I'm hoping by being able to do these videos and getting the word out to even just the people that we've we've talked to, I can educate them on the programs that we have here. Um, But also, I want to continue these videos. I don't think even when the pandemic is over, that the video should stop. Mm. Um, I think getting out, getting the word out there, get, getting able to get out there and talk to people and share their story, I see this as a long-term possible new, um, maybe an exhibit in our learning center, or maybe I can take these videos and take them into the classroom and create some curriculum assignments where I'm showing them in the classroom, but I'm also doing a little more hands-on with the kids once I'm able to go into the classroom. Mm. So from the perspective of the outside of the classroom education kind of thing, do you see, and this is kind of, like I said, all speculative, but do you see a, a change in the education industry from, from the ag side of things in, in terms of like, you know, are we going to have new, like new mixed approaches to teaching kids about agriculture? Like we have, like you said, the farmer story. We had the videos where, where the farmers actually demonstrate what they do and they talk about their side, you know, their personal attachment to their field or their animals kind of thing. Or, or is it kind of just going to be, the videos going to be supplemental to, to what we do? Or are we going to have kind of a, a whole new like hybrid system of education, do you think? Um, well, I think teachers are going to have to get creative, honestly. And as they're learning how to do this more online approach, I think they're going to be looking for ways to get creative. And hopefully by us being able to kind of hand feed them this program with some curriculum assignments with it, they can take it and run with it and be able to mold it to fit their needs, but work within to where, you know, eventually I think it would be neat if um, a friend of mine, a school teacher, 
uh, Julie Cates, she does this Try It Tuesday. Mm. And since she's had to go online, now she does the videos out of her kitchen and she tries them and then tells people to try this and you can pick this kiwi fruit up at the local grocery store or whatever. And she always tries to do a different fruit. So those are different things that you can still continue. And, you know, maybe we can't do them right now um, as much in the classroom, but if we were to do something like that, where if we show a dairy cow video, you know, maybe we can get a local dairy to, um, our local dairy stores to, you know, deliver milk to them that day that they're going to be able to watch this movie and how are they going to be able to do a, a demonstration. Maybe we're not actually there doing it, but they can still do homemade butter, mm. make homemade butter while they're doing, while they're watching the movie mm -hmm. and just being able to teach the teachers, how can you still do a demonstration by watching this movie and put the two together. Gotcha. Yeah, and I think that I think that there's a lot of potential for a lot of different approaches to to that sort of thing. Exactly. So, do you see or I don't want to phrase this. Basically, so if somebody were to maybe another teacher or somebody kind of in in, in your area of expertise more of like the outside education style, were to want to kind of try your approach create like a, you know maybe like a video series or some kind of online interactive agricultural experience would you encourage that would you you know would you, would you want to provide them with any kind of helps that way there's more information out there or, or is this kind of something that you're like you know this is, this is uh, you know I, I i cornered the market on this project kind of thing. <laughs> obviously as much as i'd like to say no i trademark this um i don't want anybody to move to right. do it Obviously, I think it would be great if we could see these type of programs all over mm -hmm. um, the United States. So, obviously, as much as I would like to say no, absolutely not. <laughs> um, no, I'm not going to be probably going to Idaho or um, right. talk to other people up and down California as much as I would like to go all the way. Um, so, if somebody else wants to, I would definitely be interested in being able to help them um, and give them some ideas on what we've done. I think we've just been very fortunate, very blessed of getting the word out there. People have, like I said, graciously said, yes, come on to our farm. We'll take an hour or two out of our day to, to talk to you. And I was a little reluctant because I thought some people might be like, yeah, I don't want to <laughs> go on camera. I don't really want you to interview me. And I don't really know about this. But I've been very surprised about the the positive response we've gotten and if anybody wants to do it in their hometown I would be happy to to share with them what how the success that we've had so far hmm. and you may not be the only one forever to do it but at least you could say you were the first one exactly <laughs> yeah so if people want to want to do it it's not that they're stealing your ideas that they they want to you know they want to aspire to be you yes <laughs> that's that's a better way to look at it um so I think that I mean, those are about all the questions that come to mind for me. Um, are there any other comments, questions, concerns that you want to bring up about this? Either the project or just so. your program? or I think we've covered everything. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I was trying to think of, like, you know, the videos that, that we've done so far and kind of the approaches that we've taken, yeah. how, how our style has changed over time and how we've kind of honed down our interview style and that sort of thing. I think that we've pretty much covered all the questions I had. Okay. Yeah, so. I think I'm... I don't think I have anything. Awesome. So because this is an ag literacy podcast and you're an ag education person, obviously, <laughs> um, what would you, let me break this into two questions. So the first question, if somebody were to pursue agricultural education 
uh, from the outside of the classroom perspective, kind of like what I'm doing, what would you encourage them to to do? I mean, let's say they're trying to interview farmers on on their own, or they're trying to provide ag stories from you know from their own perspective, kind of thing. How how would you like, if, if they were to ask you for advice, what, what would you want to give them? Um, I think if somebody was trying to do something outside of the classroom for ag education, I think there's definitely um, a need for that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's I'm not going to say it's easy to educate the students that are already in the classroom, but we need to educate the people that aren't in classrooms. <laughs> so if you can find a way to do it, I think more power to you. And the best way I think like we've been doing is the approach of actually reaching out to the farmers, getting to know them, and being able to ask them, hey, if we wanted to do a follow-up, um, I think I'll, so far everybody's been so happy to say, yes, I'd love to see you come back and talk to me about this or that. And um, continue the ag education, continue the story. Right now with our videos is we're just hitting the surface. We're just touching the surface with these farmers and getting the basic questions. But it, you can dig deeper with them. And I think like anybody when you're doing what you do and you love what you do, you're willing to share your story. Hmm. And the farmers want to share their story because they love what they do and they want people to know that they take pride in what they do. So getting out there and talking to farmers and coming from somebody that you probably wouldn't think is a very shy, introverted personality, um, you kind of got to get past those boundaries (laughs) and introduce yourself and getting out there and just introducing yourself and saying I want to share your story please talk to me (laughs) and people are willing to do it yeah um so I say that would probably be the biggest thing is just getting your name out there and getting it just like you've done I think (laughs) you just done an excellent job in you know, we've been able to partner up for World Egg Expo, and it was like, here, Brendan, you got World Egg Expo, go. And <laughs> you just went and introduced yourself to exhibitors and to different people. And I think that's really just what you have to do mm-hmm. um, is doing it and thinking that they're going to reply to an email or something may not be what they do, but by putting their face, your face to it work, works well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think if I were to add on to that, just because you brought me into this, <laughs> <laughs> I think that on top of, yeah, just getting your name out there, introducing yourself wherever you go, all that's, you know, incredibly important. I think another big part of it, though, is making sure the people you're talking to, the farmers you're interviewing, understand, first of all, your intentions, and second of all, your passion for it. Because absolutely, kind of, you know, what I've, I've tried to build with, with my podcast is the idea that, you know, this is a media source that farmers can trust, because, you know, nowadays nobody can trust media of any kind. <laughs> so I want to I be... You know, I don't cut anything from my interviews for a reason. I, I don't want anything to appear as if I've edited it, you know, mm-hmm. in, a, in a bad way. I want people to be able to trust what I'm saying and that my guests are, are authentic and that what they say is what they mean kind of thing. And so anyone, anyone I talk to, I make sure they know that. You know, I, I give them the whole spiel. Like, mm-hmm. I do this podcast. I do it so that way farmers have a voice. You know, I want, to, I want to help, you know, get the word out there in ways that hasn't been out there before. And those kinds of interactions kind of give the farmer an idea of like, oh, you know, they're not just here to attack me for what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. They, they want to help me get more awareness out there. And I think that kind of makes them more comfortable talking to certain people. I think absolutely. Um, I am. I'm fortunate because if I do send them an email or, you know, I do have the company name behind it. So I'm lucky that I have that to go with it. Mm. Um, But if you are just um, coming forward and trying to do this as an individual, yes, the authentic, you have to let the farmers know that you don't have any ill 
ill pat for <laughs> what I'm trying to think of any bad you don't want it yeah. you're not doing it for the wrong reasons right. you want to do it really to share their story and to get their voice out there you don't want you it's it'd just be poor if you got out there and you want it and they ended up not having the right their and true intentions Exactly. I think the one other thing I just want to throw in there on, on top of just the whole talking to the farmer thing, but on the on the consumer side of things, you know, people want to go teach consumers about agriculture, kind of like what I've been doing. The biggest thing that I've, I've struggled with this too, but the biggest thing to keep in mind is that it's more important than anything to prioritize the conversation being had, not what side is winning kind of thing. You don't want to prove them wrong or you don't want to just load them full of facts. You want to make sure that they're understanding what you're saying and that they're trusting it. Exactly. And, there's there's a big part of that that I've seen you know people have taken the approach of trying to you know they'll talk to animal rights activists and they'll just go out there and just say like don't you know and they just spit a whole bunch of numbers at them that does no good if if people aren't listening exactly so there there's a whole component to that that's you know the conversation is more important than changing their mind mm-hmm. as long as they're at least thinking about it then you've already made progress kind of yes. thing yes they have to be willing to listen mm-hmm. exactly and and most you know most people are I found mm-hmm. you know there's a, a select few that just want to fight and you're not going to change their mind anyway so there's no point in bothering exactly but anyways and then the second part to that question that I, I was going to ask was that if you were to talk to like I've been trying to build a consumer listener base for this podcast if you were to give any kind of message to the consumer audience of this side what would you want them to know about either what you do about the agricultural industry about anything well like I've already mentioned um, earlier people in the ag industry agriculture is not bad people in the ag industry they have the love the passion and the knowledge for what they do and it's not just a monday through friday job it is a livelihood they go home and you know they're not gonna they're not gonna mistreat those animals that pay their bills at the end of the day Mm -hmm. um they love those animals just like they love their kids it's they're gonna treat them well because if not it's not going to help them in any way. Um, just like their crops, they're not going to put a pesticide on it that's going to harm. It's going, they're only going to do what's best for their crop. They're only going to do what's best for their farm animals. And farmers, like I said, they have blood, sweat, and tears. It's a hard job. And it, the misconceptions of agriculture, we just really need to knock those down so people know agriculture is good and you need to know kids need to know people of ologies need to know the milk doesn't magically appear on the shelves neither does the fruit it's grown somewhere and the milk came from the dairy cows or the goats or if you drink almond milk that's still agriculture Mm -hmm. Um, so no matter what if you're lactose or soy or whatever you're doing there's still agriculture involved in it Mm -hmm. so you need to know without the food without your clothes You'd be naked. You'd be starving without <laughs> agriculture. <laughs> Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> so I think that's all I have for you. And it seems like you kind of got all your thoughts out there. So uh, I think with, with that, we'll, we'll be wrapping this one up. So okay. I'd like to thank Carissa for joining me for this episode. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. <laughs> and, you know, obviously I'd like to thank my audience, both the agricultural and the, com- and the consumer side, because I'm hoping we're getting some consumer audience in there. <laughs> We've gotten a couple, which is making me excited, but I need more. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, like you know, like we said, just continue the conversation. Like, the more you're talking about this, the more it's going to get thought about, and then the more will be done about it. It's, it's not a matter of changing minds or of, of proving somebody right or wrong. It's just a matter of are you paying attention, and, and that's the important part. So, 
I think with that, we're going to wrap this one up. So once again, thank everyone for for all that. Oh, before I forget, is there anything you want to plug? You know, get social media you want to show off or... <laughs> um, at this time, I would say just our Ag Ventures Learning Center. Um, I am, on a personal note, trying to start up some social media things, but um, for work rise, listening to um, our vi videos and being able to see the videos and things like that, we have our Ag Ventures Learning Center and Museum on all social media sites, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. You can find us in all those sites. Awesome. Well, I'll link it down in the description if you thought people can follow your sign journey. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that, that's all I have for you guys. So thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget, if you ate today, thank a farmer.